Would you please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And while you're, you're turning there, I thought, you know, I need a little bit more of that Folgers anointing, a little more caffeine, nectar of heaven. And I thought, I need to, I need to do a little bit of research and, and get some quotes from some very famous people. So here's just a few quotes from some people that you might have heard of. Here's one. Last week, I stated this woman was the ugliest woman I had ever seen and have since been visited by her sister <laughs> and now wish to withdraw that statement. Mark Twain. I was married by a judge. I should have asked for a jury. Groucho Marx. This is my favorite. Don't worry about avoiding temptation as you grow older. It will avoid you. Winston Churchill. The cardiologist's diet. If it tastes good, spit it out. Finally, and I think you'll like this one. The secret to a great sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and have the two as close as possible. Can you say amen? George Burns. All right. Um, we're in a series entitled Sticks and Stones. Last week we talked about the five stones that David got from the brook and slayed a tremendous giant in his life. And if you missed last Sunday, make sure you get on our website. You can watch that. Today I, I, I'm going to be preaching about something that uh, is of the utmost importance. I want to continue Sticks and Stones, but what if I told you that the Bible reveals what is the most important stick and stone in all the universe? That's my topic today. Sticks and stones. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, notice it's written to the church, uh, of, of the gospel, the good news. How many recognize in a world of bad news, it's good to have some good news, and the good news is all about the Lord. Can you say a good amen? So he says, the good news which I preached to you before, you welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if, if, if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Here it is. Christ died for our sins just as the Scriptures said. Somebody say amen. Not a fable. But just as the Scripture said, and he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. Father, would you take just the next few moments, and I ask that you would uh, open our hearts to receive the Word of God. And Father, the Bible says that the Word of God uh, will not return void, but it will accomplish what you sent it to do. So God, I pray that you, that you would take us deep into your Word as we talk about the most important stick and stone of the universe, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about sticks and stones. First topic is, is sticks. I want to talk to you about the most important stick in the universe, and that is the cross. Somebody say a good amen. That is the cross, the most important stick in the entire universe, the stick, the tree that grew, that God himself planted deep in the earth that would grow from which the cross 
would be carved. Help me recognize that is the cross is the most important stick in the universe. If you believe that, put your hands together and let's just celebrate this together today. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, we preach Christ and Christ crucified. It seems like there's a lot of people that are bagging on the church, especially larger churches, thinking that you have to water down the message to grow a great church. How many recognize you don't water down the message? You preach Christ and Christ crucified, and God will grow the church. Can you say a good amen? So the Bible says in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 32 and 35, along the way, they came across a man by the name of Simon who was from Cyrene. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Now, what I need you to know is the upright beam, the vertical beam, weighed, they think, right around 200 pounds, and and the, the horizontal beam, about 100 pounds. So the cross total weighed about 300 pounds. Pounds. So the Bible said they forced him, Simon, to carry Jesus' cross. They believe it was probably just the cross beam. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. And they nailed him to the cross, and soldiers gambled for his clothes by casting lots, which, by the way, was fulfilling prophecy. How many know what I'm talking about? Can you say amen? Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. So the most important stick in the universe is the cross. The cross, listen closely, its tragedy summons all sufferers. It hopes, its hope lures all searchers. Suspended on its beam is the greatest claim in all of history, God had become man, the Redeemer redeeming. How many recognize that redemption is a central theme throughout Scripture? Can you say a good amen? Redemption is a central theme throughout all Scripture. Never had timber been regarded as so sacred. Humanity at its worst and divinity at its best. The cross forces you and I to make a decision. You either run to it or you run away from it. It is like the continental divide. It's something you can't straddle. It's something that we must embrace with all of our fiber, with all of our being. We must embrace the cross of Christ. And in the cross of Christ, I see my sin. And in the cross of Christ, I see God's grace. And is there anybody in the house you're grateful that God's grace is infinitely bigger than our sin? Can we put our hands together and can we just say thank you, Lord, for God's grace? The grace of God. A couple of things that I want to share, and I've never preached on this before in 32 years. I want to talk to you today about the seven cries from the cross. The seven cries cries from the cross. Number one, the first cry is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, the first cry from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. First cry from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. 
How many recognize to be a Christian is to be Christ-like? And I don't know about you, but in life you're going to get hurt. People will hurt you, sometimes intentionally, sometimes without intent. But you will be hurt in life. And if we are Christians, we are to be Christ-like. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hold grudges. I don't want to not forgive people because my forgiveness is commensurate with the forgiveness that I'm willing to give. Jesus, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Is there anyone in the house who needs some sin forgiven? Don't raise your hand because all of us should. Well, the grace of God and the forgiveness of sin is commensurate with the forgiveness that you are willing to be a dispenser of. So focus on forgiving those who hurt you. And as you do, it severs that influence that they have in your life. does not justify what happened. It just places that person, that incident, in the hands of a just God. Can you say amen? The second cry is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 43. Assuredly, I say to you, again, words of the Lord, cries from the cross, number two. Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I, I would encourage from this, I, 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 I want to focus on don't leave planet earth without the Lord. Don't leave earth without the Lord. And even the, the two thieves on the cross, as Jesus was speaking to one, isn't it wonderful that even just before his heart stopped, that he was ushered into paradise, the kingdom of God, by putting his faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the other criminal saw the same Savior, saw the same blood, and yet he blasphemed and will burn in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Jesus, don't, don't leave earth without him. Can you say amen? Now, now let's look at another cry. The third, the third cry is found in John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. So what that speaks to me is make sure you finish your race. And as you finish your race, listen closely, make sure that you take care of your family. We have a, a school of leadership at Christian Faith Center that we started the beginning of the year. We have, I think, it's either 38 or I think we have 38 students enrolled. And it's a powerful thing. And last Thursday night, I was so blessed to, to bring the leadership teaching to this school of leadership. And um, I, I just want to challenge all of the leaders, all of the pastors. I know there are pastors right now who are watching. Um, you don't have to forsake your family to be successful in leadership, life, and ministry. I have pastored three churches in 32 years, and three times I've sat before a group of wonderful people that interviewed me about the possibility of becoming their senior pastor. And after their interview was done, uh, great questions, um, I interviewed them. And I shared this statement. I want everybody to know that my ministry will never become my mistress. I will always put my family first. I, I, I didn't preach in a second service on a Sunday morning on the main campus several years ago because all of a sudden my son got really, really, really sick and they had to rush him to the emergency room. How many recognize I was with my son instead of here? Why? Because I'm prioritizing my family. You don't have to forsake your family to be successful in ministry. So all you young preachers and young whippersnappers, you your number, listen closely, your number one mission field is under your own roof. 
Because if I lose a son, if I lose a daughter and win the world, how much, how, how much success did I actually walk in? So, so again, prioritize your family. And I love where it says about the Lord, Jesus loved them to the end. Again, uh, dear woman, talking to his mother, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. The fourth cry from the cross is found in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Another translation I think I like a little bit better is, why have you forsaken me? So I want to focus, life lesson that I can pull out of that is I want to focus on the fact that, that people will walk into my life and people will walk out of my life. How many know that's true? Can you say amen? But God is a constant. We serve the God that's not going to walk into our life and leave our life. He says both Old Testament and New Testament that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He is a good God. He is your Father and He loves you. He created every aspect of your life. He knows how many hair are on top of your head. For some of us, that's not hard. So I walk away with thinking, I'm not going to lean on the arm of flesh. I'm going to focus on the love of God. Somebody say a good amen. He died forsaken that we might be accepted. Amazing, amazing. I wish I had more time to develop that, but I'm trying to get down to the the sixth cry. Now, now, Now listen. Fifth cry is this, John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, here's the fifth cry, I thirst. He said, I thirst. God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of a, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word became flesh And here is God on a cross, Jesus, and he says, I thirst. So I want to focus on staying thirsty for the Lord. Pastor Nathan taught us a little bit about that during worship. How many enjoyed our worship service today? Can we put our hands together and say, Lord, we want to be thirsty. I know they've got that that guy, the most unusual guy in the world. He's the, the, the beer commercial guy, and, you know, he says, stay thirsty, my friends. Well, how much more is born-again, spirit-filled Christians than we must stay thirsty for the things of God? Can you shout a great big amen? The Bible says, Psalm chapter 42, verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't know about you. I don't want to be filled with myself. I want to be filled with the spirit of the living God. If that's you, let's put our hands together and say, God, fill us anew. Fill us anew with your spirit. Shared last Sunday, I feel like Christian Faith Center. There, there, there's a new depth of the spirit that we are entering in as, as a movement. I, I sense that. And I want to keep before us, we're, we're not six churches, one day seven churches. We're one church. We just hang out in six different locations. How many are with me? But across our movement, Christian Faith Center, there is a, a more intensity and a more of a hunger and a more of a thirst for more of God. If, if you believe that, can you scream amen? I, I just know there's more. There's more of a hunger there. So the sixth cry, and I really wanted to get to the sixth cry, is found in John chapter 19, verse 30. 
the three most important words in history. Jesus screams and cries from the cross. He says, it is finished. The three greatest words ever uttered by the greatest man who ever lived. All the prophecies, all the law, all of the prophets, it is finished. Mercy and truth meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Jesus is a consummation of every type that is found in the Old Testament. Can you say a good amen? He is a red heifer. He is the perfect lamb. He is the dove whose breast was put in blood and thrown into the air. He is the perfect offering. He is the perfect priest. He is the perfect prophet, the king, the son of almighty God. If you love him, put your hands together. Sticks and stones, most important stick in all of history, in all the universe, is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made with human hands and is not a part of this created world. Listen closely. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered into the holy, the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. I just want that to settle in. He has secured our redemption forever. Forever. Forever and ever. He has secured our redemption. He screamed, it is finished. Our redemption, finished. God's message to man, finished. You don't need another book. Little Mr. Cults, influenced by demons and devils. You don't need another book. We've got the book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can you shout a great big amen? God's message to man finished. The blood had been poured, the sacrifice had been made, the sting of death had been removed. On the count of three, I want everybody here to scream as loud as you can. It is finished. One, two, three. It is finished. Come on, one more time. It is finished. How many say those are important words? Can you say amen? Just a few moments, we're going to land on three equally important words. So it is finished. The seventh cry. How many, how many are grateful for the sixth cry? Can you say amen? The seventh cry is found in Luke chapter 23. Verse 46, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Father, into your hands I, I commit my spirit. A cry of defeat. The people there thought so. His followers thought so. Perhaps his mother thought so. The devil sure thought so. We killed him. We thwarted the plan of God. How many recognize the enemy always overplays his hand? 
a cry of defeat? Absolutely not. It, it, it is finished, I'm sure they thought. We killed Jesus. Devils erupted. Hell party. But in reality, it was the devil that was finished. Important lesson. When it looks like life is over, with God it ain't over. When it looks like you're finished, with God it ain't over. Can I tell you, those of you who are struggling in your marriage, it ain't over. Those who are struggling in your finance, it ain't over. Those of you who need favor, it ain't over. God always has the final word. Never put a period where God puts a comma. Can you scream amen? It's not a cry of defeat. It's a shout of victory. It is a shout of victory. It's not a cry of despair. It was a cry of completion. Sticks and stones. So what does the cross, the stick, the cross represent? Look at your name and say redemption. Redemption. So even though, even though, boy, I sat on this. I called a couple of my pastor buddies said, I love this so much. Maybe I ought to save it for Easter, but I just got to release, preach it today. I mean, recognize the cross is the most important stick in all the universe. Can you say Amen. But had there not been a stone, you and I would still be lost in our sin. Had Christ not risen from the grave, we would not be saved. He would have take, taken hope to the grave. But how many recognize you can't keep a good man down? He didn't stay in that borrowed grave. Why didn't he buy a grave? He knew, he's a good steward. He knew he only needed it three days. I want to talk to you now about the most important stone in all the universe. I have a thing, a really cool thing with my granddaughter, Jada. Jada Ray, who's homesick, probably watching right now. Jada, Papa loves you. Pray God's healing over you and Jackson in Jesus' name. Whenever I'm out riding my bicycle or on my, my adventure motorcycle, out in the desert or up in the woods, I always look for special rocks. And Jada's got some really special rocks. She told me, Papa, I want a whale shark tooth. So I, I told Jada, well, well, Jada, Papa used to be an Ironman triathlete. I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'll swim out there in that ocean and I'll pull a shark, a whale shark tooth and Papa get you one. She said, well, well Papa, you'll get eaten. I go, oh, your Papa's strong. I'm recognized so skinny, no fish would want to eat me anyway. But I want to talk to you about the most valuable, the most amazing, significant stone in the history of the world. I want to talk to you about the stone that the angel rolled away. Oh, I wanted to save this for Easter. Okay, that's what the Bible says. The, the Bible says in, in, in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb while on their way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the, what does your Bible say, the, the stone, sticks and and stones, who will roll away the stone for us 
from the entrance of the tomb. But as they arrived, they look up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. The Bible goes on to teach they went in and there was a young man in white apparel. And we're going to leave with just in just a few moments with a power of three words that are filled with so much power and potency that, that it will change your life. But listen, the, the angel rolled the stone away, sticks and, and stones. So let me ask you a question. Why did the angel roll the stone away? So Jesus could get out? Mm-mm. So you and I could look in. So you and I could look past the temporal, past the current situation, and we can look past and we could look into something. It used to be dead. Your hope was over. No longer, oh, I'll never get my anointing back. Never going to be in full-time ministry. Never going to find a spouse. I'm not, listen, the angel rolled it away, not so Jesus could get out, but so you and I could look in and see that with God, all things are possible. Can you say amen? Just a little, little, little thing about that. Now, now listen, listen. Uh, that which was once a symbol of death became a symbol of life. I understand the tomb hurts, but there's somebody here you need to understand. Sunday's coming. The pain. You know, we want the resurrection. We, we, we want the crown, but you got to go through the cross. You got to go through the pain. But Jesus, somehow, some way, he looked past the agony of the cross and he looked and he saw us. He didn't die because of his sin, he died because of my sin, because of your sin, because of our sin. So, what was once a place of death now is a symbol of life. If the cross represents redemption, the stone rolled away represents resurrection. A couple of things about resurrection. Resurrection scatters all darkness. Resurrection defeats devils and demons. Resurrection defeats hell itself. The cross, Jesus paid the price. The resurrection, Jesus rose in victory over death, hell, and the grave, sticks and stones. Because of this stick and this empty tomb, it changed everything. It changed everything. Cemeteries used to be a place where we go and say goodbye. We weep and we wail, but not any longer. Cemeteries now are a place where we go, oh, I know the parting is just going to be but for a moment, and I will see you again. How many got some loved ones in heaven? Let me see your hands. The separation, I understand the pain. I understand the hurt. I understand the weeping. I get all of that. But that separation is this, I mean, in the scope of eternity. And one day, because of that stick, the cross, and one day, because of that stone that was rolled away and that tomb, that garden tomb is empty, we will see the Lord face to face, and we will be the greatest reunion in all the world where we are reunited with our loved ones that preceded us in death, and forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, we shall be with the Lord. Somebody scream a great big amen. Sticks. And, and stones. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, death 
is swallowed up in victory. Interesting to note, Jesus' cry, his sixth cry from the cross, three words in John chapter 19, verse 30, it is finished. On the count of three, let's say it is finished. One, two, three, it is finished. But I want to suggest to you there's some equally important words that an angel declared in Mark chapter 16, verse 6. Do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. On the count of three, can we scream, He is risen? One, two, three. He is risen. Something about those words that hope springs up, faith springs up. Impossible situations become possible. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. It is finished. And on the third day, raised from the dead. And the angel said, He is risen. Sticks and stones. Our text was 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. I passed on to you that was most important. And, and what was also passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, sticks, the cross, just as the Scripture said, and He was buried, stones, He was buried, and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. Can you say amen? Could I ask you to stand to your feet all over the building? Those of you who are watching, I really want you to open your heart. My final words, I just want to pray over us today. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Can we lift our hands toward heaven? We start our service lifting our hands. Let's, let's lift our hands toward heaven. Um, I believe that there are some of you. No one close your eyes yet. I believe, look at me if you would, just for a second. Um, uh, I believe that there, there were some of you, just, just in obedience, just felt the Spirit of God. Just a few moments ago, you, you lifted your hands during, during worship or maybe an exhortation. But you lifted them, and, and there wasn't a lot of hope, a lot of faith. You were just trying to be obedient and attentive to the Holy Spirit. The Bible, the Word of God, will not return void. It will accomplish that which God sends it to accomplish. Now, I believe that there are some of you are lifting your hands, but there's hope. There's faith. It ain't over. God has a final word in your life, in every aspect of your life. Why? Because you belong to Him. You're His son. You're his daughter. You are a child of God. Father, we lift our hands toward heaven. And we worship you. We thank you for this message. Sticks and stones. The cross. The stone rolled away. The tomb empty. The bedrock of our faith. Thank you. Father, I pray that if there's even one person that is here live or somebody that's watching online, the Holy Spirit, that you touch hearts. If there's one person that's still walking in sin, walking in hopelessness, that Holy Spirit, you would reveal Jesus to them. If there's one person, maybe a moral person, a good person, but does not know you in a personal way, has never asked you to forgive them of their sin, to change their life, that today would be their day. To those of you here, those of you watching, I just want you to pray this out loud. And I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this out loud. Father, forgive me for the sin in my life. I'm sorry and I repent. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross 
you were buried, raised from the dead on the third day, according to Scripture. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I am now a Christian, saved by grace through faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that. I pray you seal it with your spirit. Let them know that yesterday ended last night and today is the first day of the rest of their life. And God, may we always keep before us the power of this series, Sticks and Stones, the principles that we can apply and live out. And I pray that our faith, our lives would be strengthened. Father, for everyone here that's new, I pray your blessings over them. Let them know that we're grateful that they're with us. First-time guests, we're so grateful that you're with us. We pray you sense the touch of God and you sense family, people who love you. We're just a church of people who have uh, just come from different walks of life, backgrounds, but it's Jesus that brings us together. And we pray that you felt family today. Father, those many hundreds that are watching online, would you bless them? Would you bless each and every one of us? And when we, may we never lose sight of the most important stick and stone in all of Scripture. In Jesus' name.